thank you. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. You are a good God. You are a wonderful Father. Be magnified in Jesus' name. As we go into your go with us, speak unto us. Let your name be glorified. You take all the glory and let all the blessings be ours. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. We are welcome to the presence of the living God. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, I read verses 1 to 4. Acts 2, 1 to 4. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Amen. This morning, we are going to be discussing, uh, or rather, we are going to be starting a discussion on the topic I call the Holy Spirit and a new beginning. Or maybe we want to say the Holy Spirit and new beginnings. You see, in the passage that we read, the Bible says the day of Pentecost was fully come. So there was a promise. There was an expectation. They were looking ahead to a day called what? The day of Pentecost. What they did not know is that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost will come down in a new, in a new, in a new dimension. What they did not know was that a new thing was about to begin. But they had an expectation. They were all gathered together. They were in one accord. Because the Lord told them to wait. But he did not tell them when. Amen? There was a feast in Jerusalem. The day of Pentecost, we are made to understand, is the 50th day after the Passover. In fact, the, the name Pentecost means what? 50. Pentecost means 50th. So it is the 50th day after the Passover. But there was a feast that was normally uh, 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 set for this moment. And that is the Feast of Harvest. It's one of the three feasts that the Lord told the children of Israel for which they ought to gather in Jerusalem. One was the Passover, which was actually known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread because for seven days they were expected to do what? To partake of the unleavened bread before the day of Passover. Then you had the Feast of uh, Harvest. And the, the, the day of that feast was the day of Pentecost. And then they have the, what they call the Feast of Ingathering. But the kids in order to take note of here is that there was an expectation. That's what the expectation. They had an expectation. 
And so that day fully came. The people on the streets of Jerusalem were there to celebrate. Oh, it's a feast of, I mean, we are celebrating the, the, the season of harvest. But God had something else. God planned to take over that day. We don't remember that day today because of harvest. Why do we remember that day today? Because of Pentecost. Because on that day, the Holy Spirit came down. It was no longer the Holy Spirit on just one man for one assignment. It was now the Holy Spirit upon us all. Impossibility became what? Became possible. That's why the Bible says, for with God all things are possible. For with God nothing shall be impossible. But it started with an expectation. Proverbs 23 verse 18. Proverbs 23 verse 18. Says, for surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Are you in church today with an expectation? Did you start today? Is the fourth day of our prayer and fasting, which we have for the whole month of September. Did you start the month of September with an expectation? Are you praying with an expectation? Then I have a message for you. The Bible says, surely there is an end. Whatever be that agony, whatever be that torture, whatever be that thing that makes you to go to bed crying at night, the Bible says, surely there is what? And your expectation, tell somebody, my expectation shall not be cut off. It shall, it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. In Proverbs 24, verse, 20, verse 14, Proverbs 24, verse 14, the Bible says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto your soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward. And thy expectation shall not be cut off. So you see, in Proverbs 23, 18, the Bible just tells us there is an end. And that your expectation shall not be cut off. In this verse, the Bible is adding some things to it. See, there are some things that will give you an assurance that it shall come to pass. What are those things? Number one, he said, the knowledge of wisdom. Tell me the knowledge of wisdom. Remember that passage that I love so much? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But do what? Grow in grace and in the knowledge of who? Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You must grow in grace. Because when you grow in grace, you grow in his knowledge. Tell somebody you must know him. So it's not enough to say, I'm a Christian, I'm born again. But you must grow as a Christian. You must grow in the knowledge of the world. So the Bible says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it. When thou hast found what? Wisdom. Then there shall be a reward. And your expectation. So there is a time to the statement that your expectations have not been cut off. And what is the time in here? When you find wisdom by the knowledge of God. When the knowledge of wisdom is ingrained in your soul. Ah, you may start asking. This wisdom you are talking about, is it the wisdom that comes from studying biochemistry or physiology? No. The Bible makes us to understand that is someone referred to as the wisdom of God. Who is that person? It's Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 1. 
verse 24 to 25. Verse Corinthians 1, 24 to 25. The Bible says, but unto them which are called, 1 Corinthians 1, 24 to 25. Both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and what? The wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. He said, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. That's why it is not difficult to find this wisdom. You don't need to go to Harvard. You don't need to go to, um, is it Cambridge or whatever? I don't know which is the oldest university in the world. You don't need to go there to find this wisdom. Because in the book of Proverbs chapter 8, Proverbs 1 to verse 13, <clears throat> Proverbs 8, 1 to 13, he said, does not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of high places. By the way, in the places of the paths. Verse 3. She cried at the gate, at the entry of the city, at the coming in, at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. Verse 5 says, O ye simple, understand wisdom. Tell somebody understand wisdom. Say, and ye fools, be ye of what? An understanding heart. So, the wisdom we are talking about is not one that is difficult to find. It's not one that is hidden from any man. The wisdom of God is Jesus Christ. And what did he say? He said, behold, I do what? I stand where? At the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and opens the door unto him, I will come into him. I will dine with him. I will sup with him. He wants you to enjoy his presence. We were discussing yesterday at the workers' meeting. The Bible talks about, when we share the grace, we say what? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the second one? And the third one? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That fellowship will make it easy and possible for you to enjoy the presence of the wisdom of God. So that you are not born again as if you are not born again. Does that make sense? Some people are born again as if what? As if they are not born again. Constantly and permanently struggling with the flesh. What I call the undulating Christian life. Today you are high. Tomorrow you are what? You are low. Why? Because we have not allowed the Spirit of God to take its place in our lives. Because there is a voice, a still small voice, talking to you, giving you direction. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says they have itchy ears. You have made up your mind that if the Lord tells me what I want to hear, I will do what? I will obey. If he doesn't tell me what I want to hear, what happens? Is on his own. In fact, you will say, get it behind me, Satan, to the Holy Spirit. But you know. Tell somebody you know. You know. It's like, I mean, a man of God was, he was saying, he said, he said the Lord told him that he should uh, give a, a particular amount of money to the church. So he went and met his wife and said, sweetheart, this is what I believe the Lord is telling me. 
But if we do this, you know the implications. It means the type of stew we cook in the house will do what? Will change. Because what he was telling his wife was something they were supposed to be doing every month. And he knew that with the income they were making, uh, some things had to change. They had to step, I mean, step down maybe the, whatever they were preparing at home. He said, after he told his wife, he expected her to maybe put up some objection and all that. And the woman said, okay, fine. So he said, he looked at her and said, just like that, you don't have any objection? And what did the woman say? She said, the devil will not tell you to go and give money to God. So if you are telling me that the Lord has spoken to you, I do what? I believe. Because I know. God will make a way. I want to tell someone here today, God will make a way. Amen. How did that testimony end? He said, before the end of the month, once the woman, his wife agreed, and he said, Lord, I am ready to do thy will. He said, before the end of that month, it's a long story, but before the end of that month, he got a promotion which his boss in the office denied him because the boss wanted him to get some girls for his uh, entertainment. And he said, I'm a pastor. I cannot do that. That was, the, that was his crime. And so for seven years, he was not promoted. He said within that month, the senior boss now came. They had an interaction. He saw the quality of this young man. He got back to the and said, let me see his file. He looked at his file. He said, why has he not been promoted all these years? And so he got double or whatever promotion. With the, he said what was important for him was that he said, Lord, you have told me to do it. My wife agrees. I am willing to obey. He said within that month, he got a promotion that was backdated seven years. So they paid him all the arrears. The money that was given to him was what he used to build his first house. He said simply because he did what? He agreed. He obeyed. He obeyed. Many of us are struggling because we are struggling physically because we are struggling with the Holy Spirit. We are struggling to make a headway because we think that our wisdom is more than the wisdom of God. Remember what the Bible says. The foolishness of God is what? I've always said it here before, brethren. God does not operate by logic. True or false? There is no logic that says a man will stand up and say, let there be light and there will be light. God doesn't operate by logic. The Bible says our God is in the heavens. Psalm 115 verse, verse 3, I believe. And what? And he adores whatsoever he pleases. Your life will please God. Your path will please God. Amen. Your ways will please God. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. On the 50th day, that was the day of Pentecost, I mean, the 50th day after the Passover, which was the day of Pentecost, maybe I can give us some Bible passages concerning those three feasts. Exodus 23, 14 to 17, if you want to write it down. Exodus 23, 14 to 17, talks about the three feasts for which the children of Israel were to come to uh, Jerusalem. And also in Exodus 34, 22 to 23. So, on the day of Pentecost, a number of things happened. The first word I took note of there is that the Bible says in verse 2, 
and suddenly. Testimony suddenly. Something happened suddenly. The Holy Spirit came down. The first time that God came to man and spoke suddenly, it was to pronounce judgment. And that was in Numbers chapter 12. We all know the story. Numbers chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 5. When Miriam and Aaron, the Bible says they spoke against Moses. And they began to say, I mean, what has the fact that Moses married an Ethiopian woman got to do with, uh, does God speak to him alone? You see, envy is creeping in. Moses was their younger brother. Miriam was the eldest, followed by Aaron, I believe. Then Moses. The man married an Ethiopian woman, and the next thing they will say is, is he the only one God speaks to? What's the correlation? What is the correlation? And so God was angry. And the Lord came down. And the Bible says, in verse 4, And the Lord spoke suddenly. Guess what is suddenly? suddenly. When the interaction between Moses, Aaron, and Miriam was over, the Bible says, in verses 9 to 10, The anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. God will not deal with you in his anger. Yeah. Somebody does not believe that. I said, God will not deal with you in his anger. Yeah. I remember a story we were told by a general overseer. When we had a general superintendent in the redeemed Christian Church of God, a pastor, a parish pastor, decided that he was the all in all, he was the one in charge of his church. He couldn't be making, uh, so he couldn't submit to any higher authority. He said, I'm the pastor on ground. He's like me here saying, I'm the pastor here. The deal doesn't know what is happening. Why should I submit? So they went to meet him. I said, the church is not yours. Just as this church is not mine. It is the church of God. Don't, you can't do that. And the man lambasted them. He insulted them. And said, you people are in uh, uh, Lagos there. Enjoy yourself. I am the one struggling here and all that. He insulted them. And I said, as the superintendent was leaving, as he stepped out of the church, there was a small breeze. That's what a small breeze. And as the breeze ended, that pastor became a leper from head to toe. Now, this is not a story or story. This happened real life. Because the man turned against God's anointed. He turned against the word of God. That was what happened to Miriam. Moses had to intercede for her to be restored. We also see the Lord appearing suddenly to uh, Saul on the road to Damascus. In Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 5, this was the conversion of Saul. He came near, the Bible says in verse 3, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and what? And what? Suddenly. Suddenly the light shined upon him. Jesus spoke to him. We know the rest of the story. Saul was transformed. And Christianity was transformed. The Lord will meet you suddenly. Amen. I said the Lord will meet you suddenly. Amen. And it will change your testimony. Amen. Because the third time when we see him coming down suddenly was in the instance of Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. In Acts chapter 16, verses 25 to 26. 
The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners had them. You know, we say this is a month of new beginnings. What God is doing in the life of somebody, by the time it is completed, it is unhideable. I hope that's correct English. It is unhideable. Nobody can hide it because you will become a testimony. Tell somebody, I will become a testimony. You know, one word that the Lord said I should give to, give, I mean, give us yesterday during the course of our 10 hours prayer is it is impossible to hide the glory of the Son, true or false. And because it is impossible to hide the glory of the Son, nobody can hide your glory. There will come the fullness of time for you. And there shall be a full and divine manifestation in Jesus' name. Amen. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations of the prisons were shaken, and all the doors were opened. Everyone's bands were loosed. There is a sudden shaking. There is a sudden earthquake that will set you completely and totally free in Jesus' name. Amen. That will ensure that you receive the promise of God for your life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, number one, the Bible says, suddenly. Tell someone suddenly. suddenly. Number two, the Bible says in that Acts chapter 2, it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There came what? A sound from heaven. I think that's what I'm going to. Stop and then we'll continue next week. There came a sound from heaven. When the Holy Ghost came down, the Holy Ghost descended with a sound from heaven. The word translated, uh, the Greek word translated sound here, we are told is echoes. Echoes. And this word is also translated fame. When you go to Luke chapter 4, verse 37, Luke 4, 37, the Bible says, Luke 4, 37, the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. The key thing here is that this sound is a sound that must be heard. When the sound comes, it's not quiet. Everybody, everybody would hear it. Everybody heard it. It's a sound that cannot be contained or stopped. What God has planned for you, no one can stop it. Amen. What God has planned for you, no one can stop it. Amen. Elijah had a sound that changed Israel in his time. Now we'll be looking at, 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 at 1 Kings 17, verses 1 to 4. But when he had, I mean, dealt with the prayers of Baal on Mount Carmel, in 1 Kings 18, verses 41 and 42, the Bible says, Elijah said unto Ahab, 1 Kings 18, 41-42, Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of what? Of abundance of rain. This was a statement made when they had gone through three years of what? For three years there had been no rain. So for the man of God to hear the sound of abundance of rain, it means there was a new beginning for Israel. I'm concerning someone here today. I hear the sound. I say I hear the sound. The sound 
sound of prosperity. Amen. The sound of promotion. Amen. The sound of a righteous living. Amen. The sound of a life that the devil cannot contain. Amen. The sound of a life that will arise and shine. Amen. Because the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. In verse 42 of that passage, the Bible says, after Elijah said, I had a sound, Ahab went to eat and to drink. What did Elijah do? What did Elijah do? Yeah. He went to the top of Carmel to do what? To pray. To pray. Today is day four of our prayer and fasting. How many more days do we have? So there is a sound of abundance of rain. But your prayer and fasting must continue. Because there shall be a divine completion. There shall be a divine performance. You will have a glorious testimony. I said you will have a glorious testimony. Elijah went to pray. And when you look at uh, uh, verse 43 to 46, you see why Elijah was praying and said, Ah, go and check. I'm expecting something. I've heard the sound. Go and check. Is it about to rain? Until the Bible says, the seventh time, The, the, the man said, I saw something. I saw a little cloud. And Elijah said, go and tell Ahab. He better go home fast. Otherwise, the rain will meet him on the way. What followed the sound? When you go to verses 43 to 46, the Bible says, this sound was followed by the hand of God on Elijah that made him to outpace Ahab to Jezreel. Elijah had no chariot. Elijah at best could run on his feet. Ahab had the chariot. He was told to go so that the rain would not stop you. But the Bible says, the Bible says in verse 46, let's put verse 46 forward. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he guided up his friends and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. The man that was on chariot God they are late compared to the man who was on his feet. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was upon him. If you remember yesterday, we were looking at the prayer that Jabez prayed. That's why Jabez prayed that prayer. He said, oh, that what? Your hand will be with me. He knew what he was saying. Because when the hand of God is with you, he quickens your journey. Remember that time that the Bible says Jesus was on, the, was on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples? And there was a storm. And the disciples were, were, were afraid. And they, I mean, they were going, or rather, he was walking. They were in the boat. And there was a storm. They were afraid. Oh, there is a ghost. There is a storm. And they said, be not afraid, it is I. Just what if you're not afraid? And the Bible says, when he came into the boat, what happened? They were on ground where they were going. So the moment Jesus entered that boat, the journey in the boat was cut short. The boat was where was at the destination. When the hand of God is upon you, every irrelevant journey will be cut off. Every diversion of the enemy will be terminated. Every plan of the enemy for your life today is terminated in Jesus' name. Amen. When Jabez prayed, 
You, if you analyze the prayer of Jabez, he said, oh, that that will bless me indeed. Oh, that that will enlarge my coast. Those are physical things. But then he said, oh, that your hand might be with me. That's a spiritual way. The hand of God upon you brings favor. Receive that favor in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, receive the favor in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel prophesied to the dry bones. And the Bible says, there was a noise. There was what? There was a sound when he prophesied. Ezekiel 37, verse 7. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. There is a sound this morning. And you will possess your possession. Amen. There is a sound this morning. And the Holy Spirit will go to the ends of the earth. To ensure that what God has spoken concerning you will come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a sound of divine connection. A sound of what? Divine connection. Divine connection to business partners. Divine connection to husband and wife. Divine connection to that, that enterprise that will reveal your financial project that God has prepared for you. Oh, divine connection of that broken home. There is a restoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Because there is a sound. And that sound destroys every wall of Jericho. Every wall of separation. Remember? Joshua 6, verse 20. Joshua 6, 20. Maybe we should look at verse 16 first. It says, And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priest blew with the trumpet, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now look at verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpet. And it came to pass. Tell me what it is coming to pass now. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down how? Flat. So that the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him. And they took the city. There is a wall of Jericho that is falling right now. Amen. If somebody will shout. Amen. I say if somebody will shout. Amen. I say if somebody will shout. Amen. If somebody will shout. If somebody will shout, Amen. if somebody will shout, Amen. if somebody will shout, if somebody will shout, if somebody will shout, your sound is breaking down that wall in the name of Jesus. There is a sound because the Spirit of God is moving, because the Spirit of God is doing the impossible. Because the Spirit of God is breaking barriers. Amen. Because he's making a way. Amen. And he's making a way for you. Amen. Tell somebody he's making a way for me. Uh, say he's making a way for me. Amen. When we come together next week, we'll continue looking at how the Holy Spirit came down. Before we start looking at the personality of that Holy Spirit. 
It's the Holy Spirit that can bring about new beginnings. But brethren, the Holy Spirit is holy. Tell me the Holy Spirit is holy. And that means, the Bible tells me in the book of, I believe it's uh, uh, Habakkuk. It said, our God is too holy to do what? To behold iniquity. If he wants to move in your situation, if he wants to move on your behalf, if he comes and what he sees is iniquity, then you have hindered him, you have prevented him from moving. The Bible says in Isaiah, I believe it's 59 verse 1, that says, Behold, the Lord's hands are not short, that he cannot see. His eyes are not heavy, that he cannot see. He said, what has happened? He said, your iniquity has created a barrier between you and him. He wants to reach out to you. But when he sees you, he doesn't see the blood of Jesus upon you. Why? Because you've not given your life to Christ. Are you here today? You are not born again. The Holy Spirit cannot break those barriers until you give your life to Jesus. Let's bow down our heads. If there's anyone here today who has not given his life to Jesus, this is the time. Just raise up your hands where you are and we're going to pray together. You are watching online. You are not born again. This is your opportunity. It's the Holy Spirit that can do, that can ensure that there are new beginnings. It's the sound of the Holy Spirit that can break all barriers and make way for you. Are you in the house? You are not born again. Raise up your hands. We are going to pray together. Are you watching us online? You want to give your life to Christ? Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for such a time as this. I come before you. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Tell Satan, say Satan, every attachment between me and you, I cut off in the name of Jesus. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. I am prepared that the Holy Spirit will move in my situation. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Now you are going to pray one prayer point for yourself. Say, Holy Spirit, be my guide. Direct me. Speak to me as I continue on this journey. Open your mouth and pray. You are talking to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear your voice. I want your guidance. I want your direction. I want to know you. Yes, I want to know you. That's it. Tell him, I want to know you. Many of us will just hear about him. We don't know him. We have no encounter. Tell him, I want to know you. He also wants to know you. He desires to know you. He desires to. He's here today. He's releasing some wonderful things into your life, into your situation. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless your holy name. Be magnified, O Lord. So shall it be. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.